Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wolfpacker Show. I'm your host, Ethan McDowell, and I am joined, as I am every week, by Noah Fleischman. Uh, you know, we're here to break down NC State's loss to Louisville. Um, all of, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you've seen the game. It was a tough one. It was a 13-10 defeat in Carter-Finley Stadium in front of a sold-out, blackout-themed night, um, raucous environment. But um, the defense did everything it could. Offense came up a little bit short. We're going to break it all down. We're going to, you know, talk through the positives, the negatives, and, you know, look towards the storylines that are really looming, the challenges that are um, becoming very real for this football team. But before we do so, just want to give a couple quick housekeeping items. Um, we're both reporters for the Wolfpacker.com. That's a part of the On3 network. Um, please subscribe to our website. It is $1. It's about as cheap as it gets. And um, to, if you pay that $1, you get access to our premium message board with a fun and um, you know generally positive group of NC State fans to you know, talk through this challenging part of the season with. And um, you know, it's then you also get access to our premium recruiting scoops and um, full men's, women's basketball coverage, football coverage, and um, a little bit of wrestling and baseball in there too. It's going to be, um, you know, a fun couple months as all these sports really, really get going. So looking forward to it. And it, once again, it's the wolfpacker.com and it is only $1 to subscribe. And the link, if you're watching on YouTube, the link to subscribe is in our bio. So check that out. Um, and yeah, let's just dive into this, Noah. Let's not beat around the bush. That, that's a, that was a tough game. That was a really tough loss for NC State. That is now 3-2 and two on the season, 1-1 one and one in the conference. Uh, NC State shut out Louisville in the first half. That has not been done this season by any of the prior four teams that have played the Cardinals. The Cardinals were averaging 26 points in the first half. But NC State came out with an awesome game plan. They were pressuring Plummer early and just forced him into some mistakes, just kept him off balance, and you know, put together, in my opinion, the most complete defensive performance um, we've seen from this defense this season. And honestly, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I think it was just as good as any performance by the 2022 defense, which is one of the best in the country. I, I thought last night was one of the single best NC State defensive performances in a long time. But the offense, it didn't – it didn't the complimentary football, which NC State preaches so heavily. It um they they the offense did not hold up their end of it. It's quite simple, and um there's there was a lot of factors that contributed to that. We're gonna dive into it, but um Noah, um before we do that, just kind of give us your initial thoughts on the loss to Louisville. Yeah, you know I think it definitely was. I think you know the best defensive performance. It's the best defensive performance at least of this season. You know if you just want to base on the 2023 unit. You know, they held Louisville without any points. They hold them to a season-low 20 rushing yards, you know, total in the game, which this is a team that led the ACC in rushing. They were, you know, averaging over 200 yards on the ground. You know, George Jordan himself was averaging, averaging 119 a game, yeah. and he finished with, I think, 30 to 35 yards. So 
when you look at that, if you if you tell an NC State fan before the game, hey, and they're going to run for 20 yards, Jordan's going to pick up 35, you, you're taking that. And I think that, you know, the defense did all it could, especially with the fact that NC State's offense went three and out six times, which made the defense go back on the field after, you know, a pretty short drive. They didn't really get that much rest. You know, the Wolfpack only, I think, had one drive that lasted more than 10 plays, um, which, you know, that's a drive that the defense wants to see so they can catch their breath and, and recover. So, yeah, and then, you know, the offense struggled pretty bad in the fourth quarter. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but, you know, 12 positive yards gained in the in the fourth quarter and 20 penalty yards on NC State in the fourth quarter. So really a negative eight swing if you, if you want to take the positive yards gained and, and the yards lost based on either special teams or offense or defensive penalties. Just all together, it's, you know, negative eight swing, and it's not going to win a game. So NC State had the game in hand, I think, in the first half, but they weren't able to really strike on that first drive of the second half, which I think would have been a big momentum shift. And yep. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But would have made it a three-score game and a lot harder for, for Louisville to come back. But the Cardinals are 5-0, and and, and they're that for a reason. Yeah, and this this is a good Louisville team. I think they proved that. I mean, this is a team that had been beaten teams by you know putting up huge numbers offensively through the air and on the ground. And um, they, they won a tough one in Raleigh to, you know, keep their season undefeated. But, I mean, like you said, I, we talked about it on the preview pod. Both of our predictions had um, Louisville scoring 30 points or more. And um, it seemed like this was a game where NC State would have had to reach that a similar mark, reach that 31-point threshold that they aim for every week. But, um, and I mean, shoot, Louisville was averaging way over 40 points per game this season. It was, I believe, 43 points around or something like that. That average has obviously dipped now, but even after only scoring 13 points against NC State, they're still averaging 37 points per game. So this was a high-flying offense, and NC State stopped them in the tracks. Like you said, Joar Jordan, 16 carries, 32 yards, along of eight against a run defense that, um, you know, struggled at points this season. It was not only a step forward, they took like a leap forward tonight or last night and it was really impressive to see from them um George Jordan is explosive he is a great running back maybe the best in the ACC right now but um you know NC State shut him down shut filled the run well stuck to their gaps and just completely shut down that part of their game and Louisville averaged um 0.7 yards per carry overall on on 29 attempts like that 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 is a incredibly impressive performance so now you look at that and you look at okay they forced Plummer into three turnovers and you're like oh okay so the defense did literally everything it could I, I, I do not think you could ask much more from the defense in this contest but it was just a strange game because despite that, like NC State just could not get anything going offensively. The offensive line, which um, I think, um, Noah, you mentioned before we, we started recording, like all their PFF grades ended up around in the 50s. And um, I mean, it makes sense because Louisville was really living in the NC State backfield. They ended up with um, a, a pair of sacks, eight tackles for loss, and a, a couple more QB hurries. But um it felt like Armstrong was just running outside the pocket, feeling the pressure constantly last night. And it, it's confusing because that was a unit that took some really positive steps over the past couple of weeks in pass protection, especially. And um, 
the main thing I attribute that attribute that to is just um, and Doran mentioned this after the game as well. Is just uh, they were behind the sticks constantly. Louisville was eating up NC State's third first down rushing attempts. Um, they they had NC State had a little success running Brennan Armstrong, who once again led he led the team in carries by more than double the next person. He had seventeen. Um, My- Michael Allen had eight, and um, Armstrong picked up sixty one yards on that, averaging three point six yards per carry, and they had a little success using him on designed runs, but um, not a not a whole lot. And um, un- otherwise from that, it was pretty much stuffed. Um, you know, Michael Allen averaged two point yards per carry. Delbert Mims averaged two yards. Um, yeah, Peyton Wilson actually finished second on the team in yards per carry with his three yard fake punt, which that fake in the second quarter was NC State's first first down. That wasn't due to a penalty. They finished the first quarter with 80 of the first half with 86 yards of total offense, but they, they led 10 to nothing, and you go into that and you're like, man, all right, like maybe NC State can you know make some corrections in the locker room, come out, and generate some positive momentum. And um, we'll dive into it when we get to our turning points of the game. But, like, man, it just it unraveled in the second half. And that, that's the offense going silent in the second half is starting to become a bit of a trend here and a, and a troubling one where the defense is setting NC State up for success and they just can't take advantage of it. So, Noah, now three and two. Um, just, just share a few takeaways on each side of the ball. Let, let's start with NC State's defense. I rambled on them for a little bit, but just what did you see from NC State's defense that impressed you? Yeah, you know, I think the run defense really stands out. We've already, you know, beat that horse. You know, we keep talking about it, but I think it's really impressive. And you see them, you know, be able to, to hold Louisville to, you know, the, the amount of yards they did. Um, and you look at Peyton Wilson. You know, we talked about he, he did everything he could. Ten tackles, two sacks, pass def- defended. He did everything. I mean, Sean Brown also, for the, the plays that he was in the game, you know, eight tackles, two sacks for him. You know, he got ejected on targeting, which wasn't the, the best of plays, but it is what it is. But, you know, I think those two guys really led this defense, um, Brown and Wilson. You can also look at some of the other guys that aren't really the star players on this defense. Bishop Fitzgerald played a lot. He played really good games, six tackles, had a interception um you can just kind of look up and down the defense most of them played a good game some of them struggled obviously when when Louisville found success through the air I mean you know Jack Plummer he threw for 286 so I mean he, he's an, he's an explosive guy but they didn't let many explosive plays get behind the secondary which I think is really important in this game um for that to happen and, and he threw two picks too so they got pressure on him which I wrote about going into the game. If you get pressure on Plummer, he's not as good of a quarterback. And it, it paid off. They got two picks. They had a lot of inaccurate throws just by collapsing the pocket. I think other teams will look at it and say, hey, like, if NC State can can do that, I think, you know, when, when they're playing, other ACC teams are going to take that too. So that's the defensive takeaways. And you look at, you know, the offensive side of the ball. Terrell Timmons, I think, is, you know, one of the only bright spots on the offensive side. He had a career high day, three catches, 71 yards, a really nice ball that was thrown to him by Armstrong in the 45 yard down the field. That just results in the next play with the interception. But I think that was kind of the story of the day on the offense. When they had life going in the second half, it just got ended by either three and out or turnover. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned something that I wanted to go back to defensively. It was just that, 
you know, this is a defense that did struggle to stop explosive plays for um, the early part of the season. But it felt like to me, and I'll go back and rewatch and, you know, really comb through to each of these big plays, because they did have a decent amount of um, 10 yard plus plays, um, 10 to be exact, I believe. But it felt like those plays were not the result of breakdowns or a lack of eye discipline or a lack of communication. It Sometimes it was just Louisville's receiver beating um, an NC State defensive back or them setting up a screen really, really well and executing it. Like you, you'll live with that. And um, usually after those mistakes, NC State would buckle down and make a huge play to turn the momentum right back around. So just a huge performance for them. Wanted to shout out the whole linebacker core in addition to Peyton Wilson, Devon Betty and Jalen Scott. Thought they both had great, great games. Um, Jalen Scott, especially defending the run and uh, Betty coming off of some blitzes and creating some um, really serious pressure. And it was just a a complete effort. I, I think I've said it before, but just complete effort in just every part of that defensive performance, and especially with the injuries in the secondary, man, like hats hats off to NC State's defense for that. Um, let's let's dive into our turning points of today's game. Um, I, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my, mine, you mentioned it, is that first drive of the second half because you come out, you hit the field goal to go into halftime, um, for, up ten to nothing. It was a forty-eight yarder by Braden Narvison that was a really good kick. It looked really great and. Um, and you come out and Armstrong connects on his first four passes, including a deep one down the sideline to Terrell Timmons, who, yeah, had a great game, three for 71. Just um, he started to show some of that explosiveness that made people so excited about him as a freshman. Like he, he's a down the field threat. And uh, he had a couple really, really nice and impressive grabs. But then you get in there and you get down to the, into the red zone with a chance to extend it to, 13 to nothing game or a 17 to nothing game and then you throw an interception it's one that you know maybe Keon Lassane had a chance at but either way ends in a turnover and um that completely just reverses the momentum of the game and that's really the last productive drive we really saw out of the Wolfpack last night um and I it's a totally different game I think if they get points on that I mean shoot they could have they could have gotten a field goal there and not have scored for the rest of the game. And that would have been enough to keep the game tied. The defense set the bar really low for the, this offense that to have to jump over, but it just wasn't working. It wasn't happening. You know, it, Armstrong, it was a bad day for him. There's no way to, you know, cut that differently. He had a bad day. There's a variety of factors around that. Sometimes the receivers were open, but there was too much pressure in his face. Sometimes um, the, the, you know, pass protection was good, but the receivers weren't open. And then sometimes it was him making, you know, just unfortunate plays, bad throws. His The game-deciding interception was um, a really poor decision, as hitting as he was thrown on first down, not a ball he needed to throw. And, um, you know, so that's kind of where we're at. I think we're starting to see what this offense is. It's not very explosive, not very consistent. And it's, um, you know, you combine those two things and that's not exactly going to lead to a lot of ACC wins. But no, what was your turning point? Yeah, I think, you know, that, that interception you talked about, right? 
I think that's a big turning point in the game. Because if you look at the numbers on that drive, it is their last, you know, successful drive. They didn't have many, you know, six, three and outs on the day. You know, that's it's not going to help. But after that, that that drive, which was what, I think, five plays, 60 yards, something like that, it, it moved the ball well. And they got down there. Um, after that, they did not move the ball well at all. You go to, you know, that was six plays, 10 um, – you know, you, you just – it just doesn't work. You get turnovers, and then they turn around and just go 10 yards with it, six plays, 10 yards, have to punt the way in the fourth quarter. You get the ball back, three plays, two yards, a minute 35 off the clock, nothing there. You get the ball again, this time you're down 13 to 10, and it just you just don't do anything with it. And then the last drive is obviously a pick. Um, I think that's the biggest – that's the biggest turning point, right, because they didn't have – any momentum that killed all the momentum they were building on that drive. They were moving the ball well. They were throwing the ball well. Armstrong looked really good. He's done this in the last couple of games where there's a drive where he's inaccurate, doesn't look good, but then comes back out and, you know, it's perfect. And it's like, where's, you know, where's this play? Um, and I think that gives you kind of a little bit of confidence as an offense um, when you see the quarterback go out there and, you know, be able to hit three or four passes in a row and, and move this ball down the field. Um, but, that just got they got stopped by you know that pick in the end zone and then and the pick at the end of the game I think you know didn't need to take it's first down they didn't have any timeouts but there's like a minute forty five on the clock you can take a sack there and be okay you know where they were near midfield around like the thirty five forty yard line you you have an opportunity to take a sack you back up five ten yards but you still got to go down and score you know at least a field goal so it doesn't change too much they don't need a touchdown mm-hmm. um, a touchdown would have been nice I think in that situation but you don't need it then play the field goal game if they want. They've got a good kicker. Um, so I think that was the biggest turning point. And it, it obviously showed in the offense, you know, it was really sluggish the rest of the way and couldn't get anything done. Couldn't establish a run game either, uh, which I think is uh, maybe a concern. I mean, Doran talked about it after the UVA game. It's it definitely a concern. concern. But, you know, you take Brennan Armstrong out of the running game, just subtract his his numbers. The last two weeks, the running back room has run for about 100 yards or accounted for 100 yards between that and between running the ball and receiving the ball. Um, you know, he's run for over 120 in that same stretch. So obviously the running numbers look all right when you add the quarterback's numbers in, but you take those out and running back room hasn't done anything. I don't know what that is. You know, we'll, we'll figure out this week of what the, you know, you know, what is causing that. Uh, but it's definitely a concern. I think the whole offense right now is probably a concern to, to the coaching staff just saying like they couldn't move the ball well at all. Um, and, you know, Kevin Concepcion, who's been the star for this team, the first four games didn't get anything going either. You know, they had a little pop pass to get the ball in a sandwich. I think they they tried to get the ball in the playmaker's hand. He picked up some positive yardage on it. Um, but, you know, Louisville did a good job of defending him downfield. Yeah, and, you know, this is a little off topic and a little bit of a mini rant here. But um, one of the things that made this season so potentially exciting was the fact that, you know, Robert and I was coming in as an offensive coordinator with the potential to, you know, he has such a history getting the ball into his playmaker's hands, like tailoring an offense around not a system, but it's players. And then you have um, KC. I mean, shoot, he had three targets after a breakout six reception, 116-yard game. I agree. Louisville just defended him well. But I think whether it's just more of those pop passes, a couple jet sweeps, shoot, I'd bring him in and motion him into the backfield and use him in a little option if they needed to. 
where you have to get the ball in his hands. You have to. He's been your best player offensively the entire season. So I don't really get just like what happened there. Why did why didn't he end up with more touches? And you know, it was, it's a tough outing for the offense all along, all around, obviously. But you know, you have one receiver with more than two receptions. That's just it's it's not going to fly. Um, that's not going to lead to much success in the ACC. Um, before we head to break, just wanted to mention a um, quick other turning point that we'd be remiss not to mention the uh, running into the kicker penalty. Um, so and she's, Julian Gray, I, I believe, no, correct me if I'm getting the order of events wrong here, but Julian Gray brought out a kick return, um, you know, 30 plus yards, impressive return. And then NC State, um, their drive quickly fizzles around the field. Then, you you know, Doran decides to punt, give them the ball back down deep in their own territory. NC State de- defense comes up big again, forces the three and out. And then um, a very questionable running into the kicker penalty is called. Louisville's punter sold that um that contact there might have been a little bit but there wasn't much and um i know nc state fans were upset about it because man they did not throw that flag initially they didn't throw that flag just a couple seconds after they huddled together discussed it and then tossed the flag um that was brutal It, it gave um louisville an automatic first down and then um or not an automatic but a first down because it was third and three i believe and um set up uh, let them run more time off the clock before eventually punting it back to NC State for its final drive. Um, is there any guarantee that if that didn't happen, that NC State's offense would have found more success and would have, you know, tied or won the game late in the late in that fourth quarter? No, absolutely not, based on everything we saw from the offense in the second half. But that is still a very tough moment and a very tough call um, for the Wolfpack. All right. We're going to be right back with um, our game balls, and we're going to t- take a look towards you know what what's going to be a challenging stretch in the schedule coming up. But before we do that, just want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Um, game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Uh, they have uh, you know from NC State football games to hurricane hockey games to pretty much anything you could be looking for, concerts, like comedy shows, anything. It's all on the Game Time app, or you can find it at the gametime.co. It's .com. That's .co. And you know, if you're like me, Noah, you wait to the last second to buy tickets, and um, then you're like, "Crap, these tickets are way more expensive than I thought they were going to be." That's not ideal. Well, Game Game Time has those tickets, you know, available right up until kickoff, and it's really nice. And you can find them all in their easy to use app. Um, you log in, they sort it by price. And my favorite thing about the app by far is that when you open it up, you can see the exact view from your seat. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to hold my phone up to the screen so you can see. But look, this is for the NC State UNC game in November. You can see exactly where you'd be sitting. Right now, the cheapest ticket for that game is $117. So, you know, you know that, that that's a hot ticket, that big rivalry game in November. So go check them out. And um, on your first purchase, use code WOLFPACK. It's all caps WOLFPACK. You'll get $20 off your first purchase. So that Hey, that brings um, the price for the UNC ticket down um, under $100. Bucks. It makes it a, a little more affordable there. 
But um, check it out, the Game Time app. It's gametime.co and use code Wolfpack. All right, Noah, game balls. Uh, it, it was, you know, a difficult loss, very tough. We we talked to Terrell Timmons, Peyton Wilson after the game. You know, they talked about how this is just going to be a one of those loss, losses where the team needs to stick together. Like, it's, you know, it's easy for a team to, you know, point fingers after a loss like this. But um, they both, you know, one player on each side of the ball, emphasizing that, you know, finger pointing, that's not going to happen. They And they're going to you know, stick to that. And, you know, it helps when you have a strong leader like Peyton Wilson in the locker room and the rest of those captains and Dylan McMahon, all those guys. So, you know, there are positives to take away from the game. Um, maybe not many in NC State's fans' eyes. But, Noah, for you, just one, one of your game balls, who who – do you want to recognize as a player of the game for the Wolfpack? Yeah, I really think Sean Brown deserves it. Obviously, you know, he got disqualified in a third quarter um, due to a targeting call that was targeting, but could have been let go at the same time. It wasn't a yeah. targeting penalty, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I wanted to touch on that. It's like I saw a lot of outrage for the call, and I agree it shouldn't be targeting. Like that shouldn't be a hit that gets someone disqualified from a game and potentially suspended for the first half of the next game. But it's consistent with the way it's refereed nowadays. Like the, You do that, it's going to be targeting at, at every time at this point. So just you know, making that clear, it's, it's uh, consistent with how it's officiated nowadays in college football. Should it have been a penalty that you know, lost um, NC State's you know, one of their best defensive backs for the rest of the game, having the game of his life? No, absolutely not. No, sorry, no. Keep keep going. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't, you know, an egregious targeting. It's not one of the ones you see immediately on the field and you're like, targeting. Um, but it just fits the definition, technically, of, of what the NCAA wants to, to, you know, limit happening, and it's for the safety of both players on the field. So, you know, you can't, you know, blame. But he was, you know, I think was the best player on the field on for the, at the defense at the time. Um, just with how he's playing, you know, two sacks, you know, strip sack in there. He he was playing really well. Um, so I think a game ball goes to him. Uh, Sean Brown, especially in a safety room that has, you know, been banged up all year. He kind of steps up to the plate and plays really well against a team that's going to, you know, make safety play well. Um, so I think I think that was, you know, game ball number one in a game that wasn't uh, pretty in NC State's favor. Yeah, and he's one of those guys where it's like, wow, he is taking such a step forward. Like, you know, he had some rough spots early in the season when he took over that starting role. But, man, he's just improved so much week to week, which has been really cool to see um, him steadily improve into a really, really solid player in NC State secondary. Um, my game ball, first one is going to go to Peyton Wilson. I mean, shoot, like what, what else is there to say at this point? We, we talk about him every week on this segment of the show at this point. I, but – you know, this week I am using it as a chance to start his campaign for ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He is having an awesome season against Louisville. Ten total tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, and a, and another one of those pass breakups where he just recognizes he can't get to the quarterback, and then he stops and bats down a pass, saves a big play. And that's just you know, it's the awareness that a player's experience as him knows how to make those plays. And it was impressive. Um, he just continues to improve more and more and more. And uh, I mean, sure, he even carried the ball on that fake punt, um, you know, recovered up. He recovered Sean Brown's fumble as well, forced fumble, right? 
Yeah. So just an incredible game for him. And um, let's go through his uh, his season stats so far right now. It's 56 total tackles, and 27 of those are solo tackles. 2.5 sacks, one fumble recovery, one interception, and three defended passes. He is well on pace to surpass the, his marks from last year in pretty much every statistical category. Um, and, no, he's, you know, knock on wood, healthy and playing just at it super high level, leading the pack on and off the field. Just, um, you know, what what a game from him. What a season so far. And just uh, he looks like he's he's putting a cap on a career of one of the best defensive players in NC State history with this season. Yeah, I mean, I think he is. He also, if you look at the ACC numbers, obviously he's played one more game than everyone else in the ACC since you're playing today. But he leads the ACC in tackles. Um, right now with 56. Next closest is 41, which is Keely Lawson from Virginia Tech. So he's doing something right. Um, he's playing well. His impact on the field is a lot greater than I think than, you know, the tackles. It is off the field too. You know, he spoke to the team right after the game, trying to rally them together. I mean, this is kind of the turning point, I think, in the season. You know, we talked about it before. It's like if NC State wins against Louisville, it's like, you know, feeling they're feeling really good at themselves. They feel like they can play with almost anybody in the ACC. If they lose – you have a chance to, you know, lose the team a little bit. And I think that he's kind of trying to, you know, keep the team together. They don't want to lose the locker room, lose interest from players. Because once that happens, it just snowballs and, and it just becomes, you know, not a good year. And at NC State, that's, like, you know, not acceptable, right? You know, the, the standard is is to play well and, you know, have, you know, eight, nine, ten win seasons. Um, and right now, it's a long way to get to, you know, eight wins, I think, this season. But it's a doable thing. It's just going to be a rough road. I'm sure we're going to talk about that soon. But I think, you know, that he deserves a game ball, not only for his play on the field, but, you know, for what he did, you know, in the locker room after the game. But, you know, if I was to give another game ball out, I think Terrell Timmons deserves yeah. one. A career day. The only bright spot in the past game, too. You know, receiving game. Um, I think there's not a whole lot more you can say other than, you know, he played really well. This is a week after – you know, Virginia, he was running a really nice route down the field and just got lit up. And I thought, you know, it was going to be a serious injury. Seems like he was just winded, came back, and was fine. So I think he's he's a tough guy, and he's, he's kind of, you know, showing what, you know, NC State recruited him for. Yeah, and um, my last game ball is I'm going to give it to Rakeem Ashford because once Sean Brown went out of the game, I thought Rock came in and did a really good job. He had a half of a tackle for loss, another quarterback hurry. I, I thought – um it wasn't a noticeable drop-off, and I thought he played really well um, filling in and, uh, you know, first major time back since that uh, scary injury at UConn. Um, we talked to him this week, um, and uh, he, he was clearly excited to get back on the field, so I um, was happy for him, happy to see him back out there and, you know, making some plays. All right, before we wrap up today, Noah, let's look towards the rest of the season. And um, I wrote about it in our post-game column up on the Wolfpacker.com. I think at this point in the year, we're almost halfway done with the season. I think we know what NC State's offense is going to be. And it's not going to be the offense that complements an elite defense well enough to reach the heights that NC State came into the season wanting to reach that, you know, nine, 10 wins ACC championship contender level. It, I think it's an understatement to say that last night's offensive performance, even the performance against UVA, it's, it's not going to get the job done. 
I mean, I, right now, NC State's three wins are against three teams that have won a combined one game, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, there hasn't really been a quality win this year. Louisville was a perfect opportunity for it. The defense put them in position, like we've said 10 times on this podcast, but the offense couldn't reach that. And if that's if that is what the offense is this season and we don't see dramatic improvement in some area, then it's it's going to be tough sledding for the rest of the year when you're staring down a schedule where you've got, you know, Duke, Clemson and Miami all in a row coming up. Those are three teams that um not Clemson less. So I guess they've already lost two conference games, but Miami and Duke are racing for a spot in the ACC championship right now. So tough schedule down the stretch. It's a lot, a lot at home. The, like we saw last night, Carter Finley Stadium, it's an advantage. But, um, I mean, you look down the schedule and like, you're at three wins right now. I think you probably chalk in the Mar- Marshall game as a, a but it's, it, as a win, but it's not even a guarantee. They, Marshall just beat Virginia Tech. So now you're looking at like, how many wins are there on there. NC State's going to have to bring their A game for pretty much every game for the rest of the season. And I, once again, I think it's an understatement to say that yesterday was not their eighth game was at least offensively. So dramatic improvement has to come from somewhere. And I don't know where that's going to come from. Maybe the pass protection and run blocking gets a little better once Dylan McMahon's back, but um, I don't think they were really dominating in those areas when he was healthy either. So maybe some marginal improvement there, and maybe that just leads to a little more consistency offensively. But I don't see the run game or the pass game improving dramatically moving forward. Um, I know, like, uh, no, we can have the conversation. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Yeah. It was a brutal game for Brennan Armstrong. Doran backed him in the post-game press conference, and I, I don't think we're going to see a quarterback change. I'm going to put that out there. I do not think it's going to happen. I think Brennan is a fourth most leader of this football team. He's a captain. I think Doran trusts him. But um, I, I just don't see them making a change soon. I think it would have to be a couple more games of like similar performances or worse to lead to, you know, MJ Morris you know, getting in the game. And it's a tough situation because, I mean, we don't know how well MJ's been practicing, right? Like, we don't know if he's, um, you know, absolutely tearing up, you know, the starting defense every week and, you know, all of that stuff. Or um, maybe he's on the same level or not playing as well as Brennan. We have no idea. But um, we know what we saw from him last year, and that has a lot of NC State fans clamoring for him to get some playing time. Um, I, I'm a big fan of MJ Morris's game. But I don't think we're going to see him playing a major role yet. Um, Noah, just from you know what you've heard in the press conferences, from just the overall vibe you've gotten, just your thoughts on NC State's quarterbacks going forward. Yeah, you know, obviously he's not going to say much after the game yesterday. You know, Dorn said literally, you know, open the press conference with basically saying there's a lot of questions you want answers to that I don't have right now just because he needs to watch the film. I think Monday's press conference will show us a lot of what he learned from this game because, you know, two days of watching film and then diagnosing what went wrong helps in that. Um, you know, when you look at the quarterback situation, it's interesting because Dorn is on the record saying he doesn't want to play MJ Morris unless he absolutely has to. 
And right now he doesn't absolutely have to because Brandon Armstrong is on the field and healthy and, and has experience in playing college football. I think there is a way that Dave Dorn can preserve that redshirt and get him on the field at the same time. With four games to go, if they want to make a move, that's when you make the move because you can play up the four games and maintain the redshirt and appear in a bowl game and maintain the redshirt. So if you look at the schedule that NC State has coming up, Marshall this week, Duke, Clemson, Miami, Wake, Virginia Tech, UNC. Four games left starts that Miami game, Miami, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, UNC. Of those four games, two of them are winnable, Wake Forest and, and Virginia Tech, with the way that their offense is playing right now. If the offense takes a big jump, those other two games become a game. If you're going to play a young quarterback, you don't want to play him in games. He's gonna the team's gonna get you know absolutely you know lit up if the offense doesn't change. Clemson, the defense is really good. If if the offense doesn't change, it's not going to be a pretty game. You don't want to you know hurt somebody's confidence that way. So I think if you make the move, they make it either for the Miami game or for the following week at Wake Forest, which I think is probably the best case scenario because Miami's, you know, a really good team right now as well. Um, but I think that's when the move would happen if they want to do it. Um, because this is Armstrong's last year. If you want to look toward the future, say they sit, you know, what would the record be if they get there? You know, they're three and two right now. Marshall this weekend, very good Sunbelt Conference team. They beat Virginia Tech this year. They beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame last year, so they're a quality team. So, you know, you say you beat them, you know, Duke, Clemson, Miami, that could be three straight losses, and that's sitting at, you know, four and four, four and five. And I guess like, math is sometimes hard for me, but four and five with three games to play. You play a young quarterback there and, and just say, you know, start developing for the future, or do you try to win those last three, go seven and five and, and play in a decent bowl? I don't know which way you go. You could win with MJ Morris. Everyone likes MJ Morris. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad. Even, you know, Dave Thorne, they like him. There's a reason why they want to redshirt him so they can get him for three full years, which, you know, you could see why. But I wouldn't expect a change this week. But expect if they do make the change, Wake Forest is the prime opportunity to do it. It's a winnable game on the road. He's played on the road before, so it's not going to be the first time. Jim Morris is, you know, away from home. I believe he's played on the road, you know, last year. Um, he's, you know, played well. As a freshman, he's been in the offense now and been in college football for for more than, you know, what he did the last year. So I would target Wake Forest if they're going to make the change. Um, I kind of set that as the date. But if the offense takes a jump between now and then, I wouldn't anticipate seeing it. But I think if it stays stagnant, you got to shake something up eventually if, 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 you know, NC State wants to keep a bull in its sights. It is kind of a situation where it like something does need to get shaken up eventually. But, like, where does that come from? And the easiest place to point is always the quarterback, I feel. Yeah. So my guess is they'll try a couple different things before that. And then, um, you know, if it doesn't work, like you said, that late stretch of the season, maybe we see something. But, yeah, just uh, I, if, you, if you're listening to this and you're expecting MJ Morris to start next week against Marshall, I'd, um, I'd temper your expectations. I, I, I don't really see that happening this week. But all right, um, we'll be back later this week to preview the matchup with Marshall. We're back on our regular schedule. Um, it'll be Saturday at 2 p.m. at Carter Finley against the Thundering Herd. And, um, you know, we'll have the preview podcast up Thursday morning like we always do. And um, we'll break that matchup down fully 
Um, you know, group of five team, but a strong group of five team. So it'll be an interesting one. All right. Thank you all for listening um, for the, you know, 40 minute recap here. Um, I hope this kind of helped put some context on a tough loss and um, always, you know, leave a like or a review, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on YouTube, um, we're also available on all streaming platforms. Check us out there as well it's the, and check out our website, thewolfpacker.com. It's only $1 to join for premium access to our message board and all other premium content. All right. I'm Ethan McDowell and I'm with Noah Fleischman. Thank you all so much for listening. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.